It's time. It is that time. Time for Styles and Watkins. You can join the show by texting 916-339-1140. Find us on YouTube at Sacktown Sports 1140. It's time for Alan Styles and Chris Watkins. Yes, yes, yes. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. And as much fun as yesterday's show was, no case of the Monday, is it possible to have a case of the Tuesdays, Chris Watkins, as we ranked our days, what, a couple weeks ago? And Tuesday is my worst day. I don't care about Taco Tuesday. I'll eat tacos whenever I want. And this is a rough Tuesday as the Kings are not able to. We thought the Kings' biggest foe was the Warriors. Turns out it's the Pelicans. They cannot get over that hump. We've seen the Kings get blitzed at the beginning. Okay, that's tough. We've seen the Kings make a close game out of it. Okay, that's tough. Now we've seen the Kings jump out against the Pelicans, and they still can't get it done Chris Watkins, how are you doing, my guy? Uh, not great. Not not uh, not great. Just not great. I mean, you know, it w- would have been really fun to uh, see this team move on to Vegas and and you know see what they could have done in the next round of the in season tournament. It would have been great to see a potential you know Pacers Kings final in Vegas as well. I think that's kind of secretly what uh, a lot of people were hoping for. Mm-hmm. But here we are. You know, this is now we get to act like uh, what is there twenty. Six other 27 other teams now that uh, are just going to act like this in-season tournament thing just ultimately didn't matter. Yeah. And it was it was fun while it lasted, mm-hmm. but boy, oh boy, glad to get back to regular season basketball now. Right. So yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. It's not it's not not feeling awesome, but you know, at the end of the day, it's we we can at least brush it off. You know, we won't be the first team to ever win the in-season tournament, but uh, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, and I think it was an opportunity to, you could have, I wouldn't say sneak, but with everything still trying to be created and we don't know how much everybody is going to care, would have been a nice, would have been a nice thing for the Kings to be able to take home, get your guys a little bit more national spotlight, whether it's De'Aaron Fox or even Coach Mike Brown and some of these guys and really start to build that up, right? And yes, we're going to have to talk about Tyrese Halliburton because his team won. (laughs) His team won, and he he went off, and that's what it's about. We talked about it last night, and even though De'Aaron Fox, what, he got a 30-burger, but you know, some people were accusing him a little bit, not me, of, hey, he did a lot of that when the game was not out of reach, but... At no point when De'Aaron scored, what was it? Maybe the beginning, it was what, midway through the fourth, beginning of the fourth. Maybe at the very beginning, you thought, hey, okay, if they get rolling, then they couldn't they couldn't stop anything. And then it was pretty apparent that it wasn't going to happen for the Kings. So a lot to get to there. Chris Biederman joins us at 11 a.m. to talk Niners and Kings. We will have more Shohei watch throughout the show. I think it goes without saying we will be busting out the trade generator. It's not necessarily blame pie today, but there's going to be a lot of blame to go around, and we are bringing back at 12.15. It's been a while, and look, we can't be collective homers here. You can't just do beaming or dreaming after the Kings have a big win. So we haven't done it in a while. 12.15, we will do beaming or dreaming. How are you feeling about the Kings? Yep. And that is quite the question right now. We'll have some Niners talk as well. Brock Purdy. We have some pretty wild stats that go against the Brock Purdy 
stereotypes of the check down Charlie and his guys are doing all the work. When you compare him to other MVPs in terms of yards after catch, Brock Purdy is maybe not where you would think he is. So at least we have some positives to talk about there. It is a really weird feeling, and I'm trying to compare it to something. I don't know if it's the same as a team losing their conference championship but still getting into the to, to March Madness. Maybe it's something like that because, hey, you, you had a better chance because there's less teams in the conference championship. You could have mm-hmm. got a nice championship there. But either way, the larger prize is winning the national championship. Maybe that's the closest thing I yeah. have to this. And there's... There's and I know you you follow soccer or yeah. football, so maybe there's something <laughs> maybe there's something closer to this feeling that we have yeah. where you're still in a good spot. Now don't don't get it twisted. Now this loss counts, right? This loss counts against yes, a real record. Yep. And then you were saying that for some odd reason tonight, even if the Suns lose as the four seed, yeah. Because the NBA is lazy, and I guess this I game so. <laughs> doesn't really matter in the same way. It was right. just easier to to send whoever lost the game last night to the loser of the game tonight for whatever reason yeah. that is. So the the Kings will either be going to a ticked-off Suns team or a ticked-off Laker team, right. which also isn't great. And again, those games also count against your record. They sure do. Yeah, it's a weird situation. I I I The only reason why I could imagine the NBA has it that way is just for simplicity's sake of just saying, hey, we have this bracket. Yeah. We're just going to follow the bracket. We're not going to worry about, you know, if the the Kings win or Kings lose and Suns lose, then that's a home game for the Kings. But if the Lakers lose, then it's a road game for the Lakers or whatever. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying. The, the NBA tried to not just deal with any of that and they just tried to make it universal, which I kind of understand for well, the, the first well, the tournament's it's over. The first but the tournament's yeah. over now. Also that. So yeah. you're just going to get so yeah. you just We're not going to rent a coin. space in, right. in Vegas for you to play some meaningless game. Right. Flip a coin and you just happen to get an, another away game. That's ba- that's basically <laughs> yeah, it cuz you're you're not in the tournament. The seating don't matter. You lost, yeah. Yeah, right? So you don't, you don't get a consolation for losing, especially if you're the Kings and yeah. you already lost at home. Yeah. If so I, if I could do a little bit of coping, I will also say uh and this is actually big coping mm-hmm. if I'm being if I'm being honest yeah at least the kings and the king's fan base won't have to deal with being the first ones to decide like are you gonna have to hang a banner for the in-season because there's gonna especially like the pacers yeah but it's more just like that was going to be a big sticking point here i think like it would have been a lot of little brothering of oh that's cute you guys won the Mm -hmm. in-season tour oh you guys gonna throw a parade oh you're gonna hang a banner well we only hang real banners around here so uh, I will say there, there's at least small, 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 small silver lining. Which was a specific issue only because of those dudes in the Bay. Of course, yeah. If, and if, Lakers as well. And the Lakers. If the Pacers win the whole thing, nobody is saying that's Probably cute. Probably not. They're saying it's a great story. Yep. Who else is left? Upcoming team, yeah. If LeBron wins, they can say LeBron added yep. to his... LeBron cares about winning everything. Right, yeah. Le- right. LeBron added to his, to all of his different accolades and awards. If the Suns win, I, I think they might. Are, uh, yeah, they'll just, probably just roast KD. Right, they'll probably just KD. This first is all you ring can do. without Steph. Right, this is all you count. can do without Steph. Right, and so who? So who else the plays Bucks. from the Eastern? The Bucks and Knicks play tonight as well. The Knicks. Yeah, Knicks would be interesting because that would be a case in which I mean that's a big market, mm-hmm. but that's also much like the Kings, an organization that hasn't won in 
uh, right. 24 years. How is Stephen right A going to feel if, yeah, the, <laughs> if the Knicks win the... I, I don't care. Yeah. Okay? And listen, and listen, and he had some this things to say. This is ridiculous. He had some things to say. He was on Blasphemous. The, the train, as everybody now is on the train, but he does have a recording that I saw this morning from 2020 where... I, I believe the Knicks went out and in twenty they got Julius Randle. Sure. But they also I was it was it Obi Toppin that year? Whatever it was, yeah, that they sounds had an right. opportunity yeah. who is now on the Pacers. Pacers right. But Doing they, pretty well. Too. But but Stephen A said, Go get Halliburton. And he didn't they did really? in twenty twenty. He has a video he posted today. So he wanted <laughs> Halliburton. It's funny to say now. I mean, let, let's be honest. That brother here. Halliburton from, he, from Iowa State. <laughs> He is he is a game breaker. Yeah. And the, here, here's the thing. He does it's easy to say this now, but that shot is weird as heck. It's weird. That is it's a bizarre shot. Weird. It's super weird. It's like it's almost like he sh- shoots like an like an 8-year-old or something yeah. like that. Like your 8-year-old cousin who like is trying to shoot right. on the 10-foot rim but you know, obviously doesn't have enough strength to do it. And I think, I do think some of it does stem from that. Like Tyrese was a pretty skinny kid Mm. growing up. And I do think that some of that is when you see guys have those like really like hitchy push Mm. shots. A lot of the time it is because those guys were, you know, eight years old running on the floor during halftime and shooting threes at Mm. their, you know, cousins basketball game or whatever. And, And it kind of, it doesn't ruin your shot, but it kind of does set the base and the form for your shot for the rest of your life. Well, I know you didn't watch the Steph Curry documentary, but Absolutely it's well, docu- not. It's no, well documented not. that that's what Steph, that's what Steph's shot right. looked like. Yeah, right. And, you know, maybe if Steph's dad was yeah. a Del Curry, he could yeah. still look like that. I don't know. <laughs> Chris is saying that, not me. I would never say something <laughs> like that. So it was a rough, it's a rough night for it's Kings rough fans. Yeah. You hold the L and again, not to, not to, uh, oh, you know, not to overlook this, but our condolences do go out to that fan. Yeah. Uh, who passed away? That's just terrible, terrible news. Chris and I Horrible. were there, and we, you know, when you're sitting in the in the section, or even if you're just sitting as a fan, you don't see everything, right? right. You can only see your specific area. So we saw it come through on social media, and Chris showed me, and uh, it was a really sad situation. So yeah. prayers go out go out to the family, and um, yeah, I, I'm, you, you know. The Kings did speak about it, and they yeah. said some really nice things. There's, there's nothing good that you can say in this situation. Yeah. So, you know, when I was when I was in there, Keegan Murray got asked a question, and he just said, you know, I hope we take care of the family and, mm-hmm. and prayers go out. And that's really all you can say. It's yeah, just a tragedy. Totally. Yeah, that that's all you can say. And you know, it's 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 extra sad because you know we we all say sports are meant to be an escape from mm-hmm. reality, and then when reality you know is still chases you into right. uh, sports in that that arena and in in that environment, it's just. It's never, never great, never great news, but especially, you know, when you're when you're going someplace trying to have fun and, and have an escape. That's it, it was just terrible, terrible news. And yeah. yeah, you just you, you think about the family, all the all all their friends. And yeah, just just horrible, horrible news. And uh, yeah, just just thinking about everybody out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we saw some tweets and, and posts about people that, you know, saw more than right. what we saw. So even the people that kind of had to right. see that yeah. and that how that affects totally. them. So, you know, totally. definitely gr- thinking good thoughts for, for everybody involved. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, the list of teams that bug the Kings is growing. Is that a problem? Yes. Kind of sounds like it is. <laughs> Siles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.
Town Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined by Chris Biederman at 11 a.m. to talk Niners and Kings. As I see... I, phone, I thought it was a, I, this is your, your normally you have your phone I saw it light up I thought it was Dave's phone again I thought he was going to come barging that's in that's on me okay I thought he was going to come barging <laughs> in and Dave's probably listening Middle hi Dave show. you can come back in if you want but yeah surprisingly it was not that's mine Dave it was yours as the list of teams that bugged the Kings keep growing so let's go through this list right now yeah and it's easy to say long athletic let's get to specifics yeah and we let's can do it. let's stick to the Western Conference okay. right so clearly the Pelicans. I think we can safely <laughs> safely say, yeah, the Pelicans fit that bill. Here's what's interesting. No pun intended. Because the Timberwolves should be on that list. The Kings have only played the Timberwolves yeah. once and they beat them. Yeah. It was actually similar to how they started against the Pelicans last night, kind of mm-hmm. rocking and rolling. It was on the road, yeah. but rocking and rolling, and they never gave the Timberwolves life. Timberwolves were chasing the whole time. That's what the Kings have to do with these long teams. Make them chase. Yeah. Get They have to get aggressive defensively, get them into foul trouble. The problem was this, and Chris was doing his his post game. He's doing a great job, as always. If you don't, if you haven't seen Chris on his on his post game for Sacktown Sports, be sure to check him out on YouTube after the games. So I was in, so I gotta be honest here. I was talking to somebody last night about just kind of being honest on this show about the gym situation. Right. And we had a nice little laugh about it. So I'm going to be honest again. And I was torn. And I find myself in these situations where I'm in the media room. And I would say other media members, our, our guys included, felt like we were trying to lead. And I don't want to misspeak. We can talk to to Braden and Frankie during the roundtable we'll tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, right. tomorrow. It felt like nobody wanted to necessarily say that Jose Alvarado destroyed the game for you. Now, Mike Brown, and we have sound, Mike Brown did give him his flowers. But the players, and Mm -hmm. you talk about being an irritant, and we talk about first team all scrappy, the players didn't say anything. And I was, we tried to lead him there, and it was all, you know, De'Aaron Fox in particular was more of, hey, it's on me to just have a better handle. It was all on him. It wasn't about anybody else doing anything. And we have the sound right here, and I'm going to tell you why I think that's a little bit interesting. Here it is from from Mike Brown. It's not a good combination uh, in a situation like this. And like I said, you got to give their team uh, from Willie Green on down a lot of credit for it because they came in here and they took it. And, you know, you are disappointed in it. But uh, at the end of the day, watching that game, you know, they earned earned it. (laughs) You know, so – is is one of those things is when you get a butt whooping, and that person that whipped your butt, you watch them do it, you see how they do it. Nothing to do but give them credit for it. That's all. That's all it is, right? Yeah. And he he. I'm did. actually surprised he said that after the game. Like, well, he wasn't. It, it was a actually. It, it didn't a, feel I think like it was one of the most whooping, con- you know like using, a traditional butt whooping. Yeah, like a traditional when when a coach is going to come out and say like they just whooped our butts tonight. You, that's like a lost first New Orleans yeah, performance. Yeah. Exactly. You it's like a ni- Niners Eagles. Yeah. Right. Right. That's yeah. a but you don't hear that in a ten point loss. Yeah. Well, I think they just got caught on their heels and couldn't get back. And going back to the kind of Jose Alvarado piece, yeah. what I found interesting is we know that there are so many 
So there's so much closeness between the Warriors and the Kings, right? Mm -hmm. So you go into the media room and names are being dropped all over the place, right? It's Draymond and Steph, and I get it, it's familiarity. I get that. But I did think it was a little interesting that it was so apparently clear, right, that Jose Alvarado came in the game. Yep. Felt like he only had two seals in the first quarter. Felt like he had about 12. 12. Yeah. Whapped a couple two threes, right? <laughs> two did. or three yep. threes, right? And next thing you know, it went from up 20 to what? Uh, yeah, were, I mean, by I, the end of the quarter, I think it was a one-point game. It was a one-point game. So, I yeah. don't I, – I, he is not – and he's clapping. You see him on the sideline. Oh, he yeah. is He is a variant of Patrick Beverly. Yes, I would. Sure. I might probably take Jose Alvarado over Patrick Beverly. I know Patrick Beverly yeah. just dropped 26 last week or something like that. But every night in, night out, it's yeah. close. And I did think it was interesting that as much as the media members tried to lead De'Aaron there, he really just wanted to keep it about them. I'm not saying there's beef. I'm saying that he was annoyed, yes, I think. that's what I was going to say. I think say. that Jose Alvarado did his job, and he was annoyed, and De'Aaron didn't want to give that guy – his flowers because it was apparent. I mean, De'Aaron had what six turnovers? Yeah, six. they weren't they weren't all because of Jose Alvarado. After finishing with one on Saturday, by the way, he was a game wrecker. Yeah, he wrecked the game. He did. Everybody got silent. Their rhythm was the destroyed. rhythm was completely off. Chris is next to me saying, "Why can't this be Davion?" I'm saying, "Chris, I'm trying to watch the game and enjoy enjoy my time." And and you know there was no coming back from it. And I I to bring this all the way back around. You know, being still a newer guy here, mm. I didn't want to ask the question, but did I have the angel on my shoulder and the devil on one side saying, ask him straight up about Jose Alvarado? <laughs> it passed my mind multiple times, and I said, look, if nobody else is going to do yeah. it, I'm not going to do it because they definitely weren't thrilled. Yeah, De'Aaron was not – I mean, you lost, you lost, you lost, right? right? But when people do have that conversation about the in-season tournament and how much you care – it was it was very clear yeah. that they cared. Yeah, they can say they didn't care all they want. It was clear De'Aaron Fox was not happy after that game. Uh, I listened to Demonis Sabonis in the locker room after the game. He sounded really disappointed. Mm -hmm. Kevin Herter sounded disappointed. It was clear that they really wanted to go to Vegas. Uh, Sabonis talked a lot about the the stage in which uh, that 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 tournament might be you know mm -hmm. we, we don't know how many people are going to be tuning into that but it would have been a really good opportunity to kind of you know I think a lot of people have seen the Kings Warriors games and saw the Kings barely have to make a big comeback to squeeze one out against the Warriors I think that people still don't view the Kings in that upper echelon tier of teams I think they still view them like last year like they're a fun story but you know when push comes to shove they're not they're not to the caliber the tier of the Nuggets the Lakers the Suns yeah. the Warriors those kind of guys and I think the team really wanted to use that right. opportunity to kind well, of make play a like statement it. Well, they play it, like no it. totally exactly and I think that's that's why Mike Brown kind of said it was a butt whooping yesterday mm -hmm. because that's a game where, yeah, you guys are talking like you guys wanted to go to this tournament so bad. Well, like you said, go play like it because it sure didn't look like it. I mean, they, they showed good effort out there. They did a good job of slowing down Zion. That was probably number one on the scouting report was don't let this guy yeah. get a left-handed layup, which, by the way, he did go under. He on did our, way under. On our eight way and under. a half or whatever yes. it was, left-handed layups. Lost. And you still lost. By 10. Yeah, and you still really had a lot of similar issues that you, that you had 
previously against New Orleans. It wasn't just a a fluky, oh my gosh, Brandon Ingram killed. No, Brandon Ingram has had y'all's number, and you mm-hmm. haven't been able to slow him down at all. Uh, you did do a good job of slowing down Zion, but again, it's not just one guy that, that makes the team, so... Yeah, it's very disappointing this team lost. I did also notice that they didn't mention Jose Alvarado once. I think that that has a lot to do with just how he plays. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it. he's the quintessential, like, you hate him on everybody else, on, on somebody else's team, but you love him when he's on yours. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys kind of view what he does as cheap. Like, he's that guy on the pickup. I mean, right. he's quite literally hanging out in the corner yeah. trying to deceive you into getting a steal, making you think, oh, he's not behind you, and then just comes from behind you and steals the ball. That's not really, like... NBA basketball, you know, you like that's super street ball. That's super no, annoying. Come on now. No, I just mean like in the sense of these guys yeah. probably aren't ever going to say, yeah, that the smallest guy on the floor really, you know, swung this. And game that's why tonight. he plays They're like just that. Never going to say. And that's why he plays totally. like that on the day where Grand Theft Auto, what the yeah, trailer for six came out, so good. Grand Theft Auto, multiple times. And what's crazy is, so I don't, I didn't even see where he was necessarily hanging out. We got to get to a break. I didn't even necessarily see where he was hanging out, right? But but when he's coming around, right, when he stole it the first time from yeah. De'Aaron, that was in front of the King's bench. And you can hear the whole, the whole arena. Cr- you can hear the entire crowd. The whole crowd saying, hey, Wolf, Wolf, yeah. he's coming. Yeah. He's coming, right? It's like watching a scary movie and, and everybody sees the, the murderer so, behind him. And I know it doesn't just happen to the Kings, but yeah. how is that not in your scouting report? It's got to be. How it's is that to, not in your scouting And I saw report. later in the game, uh, he tried to do it again, and right. Kevin Herter and Malik Monk on, both on the other side. Play, yeah, on, on the, the other, other side, side yeah. like the the following half. So yeah, I mean, again, that's kind of also something that's attention to detail. You got to yeah. know your personnel that's out on the floor. But again, if you're gonna get two points off that, fine, right? Sure. You should still win that game. The whole thing just started to snowball. Yeah. We got to get to a break. When we get back, Kevin Herter. Talks about why the Pelicans are a tough matchup for Sack. And do I care about a tough matchup? Is that a legit excuse, a quote unquote tough matchup? That just sounds like we're, they're better than us. That's what it sounds like. Got to get to a break. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Live and local. Live and local. This is Sackdown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will not be taking you to Vegas. We will not be ah, going to Vegas. We were talking with some of our insiders for Roundtable, Frankie and Brandon. Which one of you is going to get to go to Vegas? Yeah. I you know we were. I was looking ahead a little bit. Yeah. I thought I thought the stars would have aligned for the Kings. You got You get to get over the hump of the yeah. Pelicans and go to Vegas. Something that you've been. One of the more open teams yep. about wanting to do that. And just, you got Jose. You got Grand yeah. Theft alvarado And then on top of that, you had the skirmish, right? There's a lot of skirmishes going yes. on these days. Yeah, is that that's that's probably the right word for what the that skirmish. was, right? Yeah. Right, because I don't even know... I don't even know what I saw Trey Lyles kind of shove Valanciunas, but yeah. I didn't see what happened prior to that. It was just like their arms got locked up, and it was a just... You know, normal 
big man stuff like yeah. nothing nothing out of oh i know it well yeah, i know yeah, it well right, yeah. right. you know sometimes you're you have to tell you about you down there with the trees okay when you down there with the trees you got to let them know what it is yeah i know i know it well yeah so i, I mean yeah i, I don't got to tell you about it yeah, but exactly. uh it was just you know some typical big man arm wrestling and stuff like that and then I, I did. I, I looked at the replay. Shout out Brendan, who who's always super quick on getting mm. that stuff on socials. But uh, I didn't see anything out of the normal. It just kind of seemed like, honestly, I do think Trey in that moment was just kind of like, I feel momentum slipping a little, yeah, and yeah. let's let's kind of let's kind of get some fuel to this fire here. Yeah. It's a little bit like when coaches get texts or try and get ejected to try mm. and get their team emotional or understand, hey need y'all need y'all to focus up a little bit more and I think Trey kind of took that time to say team's kind of playing a little soft right now and and I think we could use a little bit of fire and Trey's been that guy like Trey is the guy uh, on this team you would think Malik is you know a guy who's got tons of swagger and and definitely isn't ever shy about you know screaming after a big dunk you would think he would probably be the one to to get under the other team's skin but Every single time with this team, it's been Trey Lyles that's at the forefront of getting into these, you know, back and forth. Yeah, and that's... Which is dog-like behavior, That's by right. The way. We that, talked yesterday about how being a dog of the day... Does not have game, to be... It's not about the stat sheet. Mm-mm. It's not about the box score. No, and that... Not always. Look, that's something that, that the Kings had been missing. And I want to get into the play that they challenged... Ooh. With with De'Aaron Fox and yeah. Alvarado when De'Aaron was bleeding, yeah. but the foul was Super on strange. De'Aaron and it looked like there was a flop involved. What's funny to me because Mike Brown hasn't typically gotten tossed, right? And we were yeah. I was complaining during the Warriors game when they were getting when they were getting blitzed, just saying Do something. Man, yeah. get, get, don't <laughs> yeah. get, you don't have to get tossed, but do something. What's funny to me, and I don't know if I've never really paid attention. I don't think you get to see it on TV as well. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I just pay more attention when I'm in there. Is when it's time for a challenge, how Mike Brown goes, you know those refs, the couple refs in the NBA that, hey, when I talk, it's about me. Yes. Mike Brown walks basically to the middle of the free throw line, and he puts his hand up like, yes. it's a challenge. Yes. And then it's like an event. Yes. And then he's the like, whole I'm going to stop the whole game. Right, and the whole crowd's like, yeah! yeah. And everyone's like, challenge it, challenge it. And then the challenge, and then it was unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. What do you think they saw? I, I still, I watched that replay in slow-mo yeah. at least seven times, mm-hmm. and I don't know what happened. So the foul, the reason why it wasn't overturned was because the the actual foul itself was De'Aaron trying to set the screen. Instead of setting a screen, you know, they teach you put your hands at your side or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Just, co- cover the situation. Yeah, cover your situation. Uh, well, De'Aaron put two hands on him, so like he kind of just right. cupped his his back. But that's why I and asked that's a foul. you. But anytime you have two hands on right. anybody, they're gonna blow. But that's why them. I asked you if the flop, yeah, where that would have fit in. So that would have been after the call because what? So there actually wasn't a flop either. There was Jose Alvarado ran his like the back of his head into De'Aaron's lip, which mm. is why De'Aaron's lip was bleeding. And I mean, maybe, I shouldn't say there wasn't a flop. Jose definitely yeah embellished the contact. Wasn't a flop there that was could be contact, yeah. but in, I think in order to get the call, he had to. Uh, embellish the the act of of falling to the ground, but there was legitimate contact. There was a legitimate foul. It just the order in which it happened could have been more favorable. Like if De'Aaron doesn't put his two hands on mm-hmm. the back of Jose Alvarado and Jose just runs into his lip, 
there's either not a foul or it turns into a foul on Jose Alvarado. But it all since De'Aaron made the contact first and foremost, everything else kind of doesn't matter. Right. Nine one six three three nine one one four zero. Let's get out to Casey who wants to be a part of the conversation. What's up, Casey? You're on Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Hey guys, how you doing? Great. Great. Well, not so great after the game last night for me, but uh, my problem with the Kings right now is that we don't have uh, an athletic wing to, to match up against the Pelicans. And, and to me, that's the biggest problem. When we say it's a tough matchup, they have about five wings who are long and athletic, and we have, we have zero depth coming off the bench at the wing position. We have Harrison Barnes and Keegan, who are our only two wings, but they're not overly athletic. And they're not overly long. I mean, just look at that play that Herb Jones made on that uh, free throw rebound. We, he threw it out. we don't have a player that can make that play. Like we just we have no depth at that position. And and to me, that was that should have been a bigger uh, goal in the off season. Instead, they focused so much on getting bigs that they didn't sign any uh, wing players. And we just we have nobody to match up when they play. They've got Herb Jones. They've got Najee Marshall. They've got Trey Murphy, they've got Brandon Ingram. That's four guys, but we don't have a single guy who can really guard those guys. And it, I mean, not to mention that I mean Sabonis had a good game last night, but not to mention that he usually struggles against bigs like uh, Valanciunas and Williamson. I mean, it's just a, it is honestly a terrible matchup for us with our personnel. No, I think that's, that's a great, great call, call, Casey. And you know, the question is, there are certain teams where they're just older, right? And they don't have the athleticism, and that makes things tough for them to compete, right? The Kings aren't old. The Kings just have bodies that aren't terribly athletic. And in a wing-driven league, do we talk enough about how the Kings are trying to win an athletic game, an athletic league without elite athletes, right? I don't think we talk enough about the fact that look at the Kings line, like look at the Kings starting lineup, right? I'm not trying to pile on here, but look at the Kings starting lineup compared to other starting lineups in the league and who's coming off the bench. You have, you have Kevin Herter, Sabonis, Harrison Barnes, and Keegan. For those guys, where would you rank them in terms of athleticism? Uh, in terms of uh, like in comparison to in terms of in terms of the elite, when you think of how athletic the NBA is, yeah. As a whole, I'm putting Kevin Herter average at best. Can you list them one more time? I'm talking about the, it's other, the whole starting, starters, the, oh, everyone except for De'Aaron. So Sabonis, I would put he's weird, weirdly athletic, right? I would put. Maybe slightly above average because of and he's worked his way to that. Kevin Herter, I'm putting average. Harrison Barnes, uh, I guess I'll put average. I don't really can, want to. You can get a foul when you need it. And Keegan is young, yeah. But Keegan is young, but Keegan is not really athletic. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why they don't lean towards athleticism is because they're so focused on shooting. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of the time it is kind of either or. Like, you don't get Derek Jones Jr., who also shoots 40% from three. So, like, sure. it's kind of a— You need a, some of these guys, though. No, for sure. And I think stylistically that's been my problem with how Monty has built out this roster is kind of like the call TC said— or who, who was Casey. The, uh, Casey, I'm sorry. Casey said there— um, 
you know, this team has the six eights. I keep, I call yeah. them the six eights because they're a reason. There's only two of them. It's HB and Keegan, and there's not enough wing players on this team. I, I don't know if necessarily athleticism is the exact problem because I don't necessarily think you have to be a crazy athlete if you have the, the physical profile to kind of counterbalance that. Like, if you have a seven-foot wingspan, you might not need to be as laterally quick because you can kind of cover the same amount of space with your arms. So, I, I think the Kings need to do – if they truly want to commit to the defensive end of the floor, they need to pick, to your point, one of athleticism or length, and they have neither. Yes. And so that's why – if you want to find the reason why the Kings aren't good at defense, it's because they haven't chosen either of those things. The team is built, really, especially that starting lineup, with offense in mind. And that offense is, is great, but now that you see the Kings are, are trying to – the only way they were going to win a game like last night was with defense. They weren't going to win 140 to 127 against that Pelicans team. So if you want to eventually start stopping people, you're going to need a lot more of those Harrison Barnes, the the Keegan Murray. You know, you're going to need, you know, Jaden McDaniels is a guy that is just so key for that Timberwolves team, which they they didn't have him in, that, in the game, which uh, the Kings played them, which I think – was a huge reason why the Kings were able to handle the Timberwolves so easily. So, yeah, I, I think the biggest need for this team moving forward, and I think the if this team does eventually go big fish hunting, it's going to be for a really long, big wing. That's why a guy like OG Anubi has been brought up so much when it comes to the guy that the, that Kings uh, fans or, or, you know, who know we, we actually have now heard, we've heard in the past, Monty McNair has interest in OG and Anubi. The reason is, is because that is one of those six, nine, six, eight guys. Who's got a, a really strong frame that you can throw on Trey Murphy's on Brandon Ingram's on Zion Williamson's. Cause like the caller said, they just don't have any of them. They have Keegan and they have, uh, they have, uh, Harrison, and those are really the most athletic guys with body. Like Trey Lyles, yes, he's he's similar size, but lateral speed, uh-huh. quickness, not quite there. Sasha, not quite there. And besides that, the Kings really – I mean, they have Kessler Edwards, who is somebody that they – I'm surprised they didn't throw out last night. That's usually, at least last year, the guy that they threw out on those kind of wing players. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think if this Kings team wants to get better, if they want to take the next leap, to me, you got to add – I think at least two more wing forward kind of guys that can help you against these kind of teams that are your kryptonite. Cause it isn't just the Pelicans. Like you said, like it's, it's the Timberwolves and I wouldn't even say the Warriors provide a lot of length, but for whatever reason, the, the Andrew Wiggins Kaminga and, yeah. and like those kind of guys really are going to give the Kings problems. So yeah, they, they have to be better at addressing those problems because Right now, the they just don't have any answer. Yeah, the Clippers are the, Clippers are the biggest one, honestly. Yeah. yeah, because they got Harden, who, who you know, you could argue you need a bigger guy. Paul George, Kawhi, obviously. That there's, I mean, Kevin Durant. Every team in your division pretty much has somebody that you're going to need and you a, can't, a yeah. big wing to throw on. And you can't just trap them. Because, <laughs> and, I, and I got something to say about the trapping yeah. because I'm so tired. We got to get to a break. Well, before we get to a break, let's hear from Kevin Herter. And Kevin Herter and what he had to say about why it's a tough matchup. Um, you're kind of a combination. You know, they're they're well put together. They have a lot of size up front. You know, they get Murphy back. You know, he's he's a good shooter. And uh, they're a team that that scores in the paint. Ingram is you know a player that can kind of gets any shot and can hit a lot of tough shots overhand. And 
um, you know, between Zion and Ingram and then you know, the complimentary pieces they have. A lot of their guys play defense. So really complete team when they're all healthy. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we'll react to that. This whole bad matchup thing. Come on now. What are we doing? And I, I want to get Chris's thoughts on the trapping because this is not CYO. This is not AAU. Enough with the trapping. Stop Stop falling down so you got to trap at the end. And it's not going to work more times than not because, surprise, surprise, players in the NBA know how to dribble. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Siles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking up to 2 p.m. Breaking down all things Kings. Also going to get to a little bit of Shohei Otani news. It is now being reported that the Cubs are out of the Shohei Otani race, it seems. Here we go. This is from Bob Nightingale. The Chicago Cubs' optimism of landing Shohei Otani has now significantly waned. One high-ranking executive said, leaving the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, the Angels, and the Giants as the likely finalists. Oh, no. Wait, but I I don't know how to feel because they named the Giants, but at least they named them last. That's got to be a positive sign, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. right, Don't get your hopes up. And I would... Well, we know this. Under the radar. Yeah, and we, we know this from... A lot of the conversations we've had. Originally, the Blue Jays thing is interesting because originally Shohei was really big on the West Coast Mm -hmm. because of his proximity to Asia and being able to get back and forth. So he likes the weather. So that's why, obviously, that's why he went to the Angels in the first place, right? Right. And he thought he was going to be balling with Mike Trout. They played, but they just didn't ball together. They balled, but they didn't ball together. Mike Trout, Chris also saw a report Mike yeah. Trout will not be dealt. So that was that was one I was interested in. Maybe yeah. you get a bit of a maybe what? you get a little bit of discount or something like that. He's been injured. What is the Blue Jays interest with show like or I'm sorry, what is the Shohei interest in the That's Blue- what I'm trying to like, figure I, out. That that yeah. to me feels like just a complete like, you don't it's not a legacy team or no, anything. It's it also is random. in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, they're I mean, they've they've definitely they've got a good collection of young talent, but I right. wouldn't say, you know, that's a team that's always in contention or anything like that. It just seems like a pretty random name to be thrown in there at this late in the state. I mean, not that the name just got thrown in. Kind there, but of. it seems like a random name to still be in there at this point in the process. Well, if it wasn't for the Giants being in the West Coast, you would be asking the same question about the Giants. Sure. I mean, the Blue Jays yeah. have been more competitive than the Giants. Absolutely, right. Right, and you get to play Younger against. Core too. I mean, yeah. You get so it. I had a theory. And I don't know. I just kind of made this up. But I always will remember Shohei in the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there doing his speech. This previous one? <clears throat> yeah, he's yeah. doing his speech. And, you know, you don't even you're, – you're, you're reading the, the subtitles, but mm-hmm. you're still just seeing the passion. Yeah. And you could you could see how it's been killing Shohei to not be <laughs> winning. Winning, right? <laughs> now, the way he talked about him, he said something that I'll never forget. He said, hey, we want to – respect them, but we don't want to fear them. When he was talking about playing Team USA. And maybe I'm reaching because I'm a Giants fan, but the reason that I thought it gave me a little bit of hope 
for Shohei to go to the the Giants is similar to what you mentioned yesterday about, hey, do you just want to be another star right. on the Dodgers or do you want to be the guy? Things are different with Shohei. You need a six-man rotation for pitching. Totally. You need a lot of different things that are specific to Shohei. Do the Dodgers want to do that when they are a well-oiled machine? That blows it in the playoffs, but they're a well-oiled machine. So when I saw that, I said, you know what? Does Shohei have that dog in him? See what I did there? To not want to join the perennial, the front running, the front running Dodgers, and and join a team where they are on their way up, right? And that at the time in the summer that felt like the Giants, and still could be the Giants. I say all this to say, looking at the AL East, you could say the same thing about the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, right. you know, they they have their guys. They got Vlad Jr., right. you got Bo Bichette. Yeah. You got a couple different guys. So maybe he could be the missing piece. And who do you get to face in that division? At the NL West, right. you get you to get, face yeah. the, the Dodgers, right? And the Diamondbacks just went to right. the World Series. Who do you get to face if you play in the AL East? The Red Sox. Right. The Yankees and kind of take all those down marquee matchups exactly yeah. the evil empire of those teams. So I just thought about I just created that universe in my mind. Mm. I don't know if it's true. The 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 there might be a reason that makes much more sense for the Blue Jays. I can more so only speak to the Giants. But hopefully, hopefully we get some good news here during a week where the Kings really didn't do us any favors because they lost and now they don't play again until Friday. So maybe we will be celebrating <laughs> Shohei before the Kings even. Yeah. Step foot on a basketball court again. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I've I get most of my baseball talk in with with our guy Frankie Cardicelli. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of my information from him as well. Uh, from what I understand, the winter meetings have been pretty quiet, right? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's, not, it's not essentially because everyone's waiting for the Shohei news mm-hmm. to drop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would. I'm surprised more hasn't kind of come out with more hasn't kind of come out since you know the I, the Braves made a deal. Right. For for Mariners outfielder and a couple of different things like that, but yeah, nothing big. I think everybody's waiting for Shohei, and then you'll see the Cody Bellingers go right. and things like that. And Yamamoto, I mean, Giants have been connected to Yamamoto, the Japanese right. pitcher. So we're waiting to see a lot of things there. It would be great for the Giants to get Shohei, but I don't think anybody's getting their hopes. Up. No, I don't think so. It feels like one of those things that yeah, you, you, there's there's no use of getting your hopes up until everything is officially signed, sealed, delivered. You see a picture and of a Shohei holding up a and thumb. a physical. And now we've learned a physical also needs to be not even like yeah. If I'm not mistaken, there was even a a press release sent out when yeah. Carlos Correa was signed. They saying, were there for the press there conference. There is a press conference on the this family day. I think was, it was there. Tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, with with this giant situation, you, you just you, you can never say it's it's over until it's officially the guy is holding up a, a giant's jersey. Yeah, no, and in, in it on the yes, field. Yes, on the field. I would say yeah. I yeah, would yeah. say on the field. <laughs> so yeah, I thought you know the, these things will continue to come up, and we will continue to break them down as we get back to the Kings and the idea of a bad matchup. Kind of sounds like a cop out to me. That, again, we 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 talk a lot on the show about reasons versus excuses, yeah. and I think there's some reasons we can't. I can't sit here in one segment and say, "Well, look, the Kings lack athleticism." Right. Then in the next segment, say, "No bad matchups. It's a cop out." But the Kings were still favored. Yeah. Right by by three and a half, sure. and and the Kings 
we're at home and the Kings, you don't have to be athletic. If, if the game was about athleticism, right. it will fully about athleticism. It would be a, a lot different. I think yeah, they're missing Russell some Westbrook pieces. Would be an eight time champion. Exactly. I think the team is obviously missing some pieces, but it's too much of a cop out for me to say that's just a bad matchup, right? Yeah. Unless. So then what happens? Either they're a bad matchup and the Pelicans just aren't very good, right. or they're a bad matchup and the Pelicans are very good, and you probably have to face them again. I don't yeah. know which is worse. Yeah, I, th- I if I between those two, I would say that the the second. I think when healthy, which is yeah. also a massive part of this, when yeah. Zion, Brandon Ingram, and now you see CJ as well, and Trey Mer- when they are healthy, that's a really really good team, like mm-hmm. a top. It feels like a top four at mm-hmm. least team in the Western Conference. But it's also a bad matchup for the Kings for the reasons we laid out last segment, where it's just, you know, it's not like you can't beat them. Like you said, like they were favored in the game. They're mm-hmm. at home. They even figured out how to hold Zion to 10 points. Like yeah. that's that's a winnable game that you can that you can have. But since it is, since that team is so good, is so deep, that's why it's so important to not just stop Zion, but you also have to slow down B.I. And you can't let Herb Jones get 23. Herb Jones, my like, goodness. That's, that's where they really? lose the Herb game. Herb Jones. They, they played – they did some elements of last night that were good enough to win, but they didn't do enough of everything to win, which is what Mike Brown has kind of been trying to preach to this team for – pretty much a full year now. I mean, really from the second half of last year up to this point, he's been telling them, look, it's been fun to play offense. We look great. Everybody talks about us. But the only way we're going to beat good teams in this league consistently is by actually playing defense by slowing these things, slowing these guys down and not letting them get what they want. Last night, if if Zion Williamson isn't going to score if Zion's going to score 10 points, what do you think New Orleans probably wants then from the rest of their guys? To step up. They probably want Brandon Ingram to score 30 in that game. They probably want CJ to, you know, give 15, mm-hmm. 17 plus. They probably want Jose to have a little bit of impact. And they probably want a a third guy, whether it be Jonas Valanciunas or Herb Jones or Trey Murphy, any of them, they probably want some contributions from those guys. And I think they got quite literally all of those other things. And so, yeah, like – I said it yesterday, and I've been saying it, and it sounds really dumb to say when coming out of my mouth, but I heard Mike Brown say it yesterday, so I'm not going to feel bad about saying it again. You got to stop everybody. You yeah. can't just stop one guy. You can't just stop the main right. guys. You got to stop the Herb Joneses of the world, Herb the, Jones. the Skyler Mazes of the world, from having nights like they've had against the Kings. That's how you beat those teams. Herbert Jones gave you buckets. Yep. In your house. Yep. To go Herb, to Vegas. Herb. Herb. A man named Herb. I didn't even know we were still making Herbs. Come on. Herb like, Jones. Herb Jones should be somebody's great, great. I think that's, no, no, it's not. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's my great-grandfather's name. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's his middle name. I think we name all with, have a great-great-grandfather named come Herbert. On, you have to. There's really? nobody born in the 2000s named Herb. You're kidding me. And here's the come thing. On. Come on. Herb is really their defensive guy, their <laughs> athletic defensive yes. wing. So when Herb, oh, you're going to give us buckets now, Herb? 23 points? That's a problem. That's a problem. You, that, you, it's still a distribution of points. Yes. So yep. it doesn't matter that you held Zion Williamson yep. to 10 if you're going to let Herbert Jones yep. cook you. Yep. Cook you. Yep. Flavortown. That's the way of putting it. Yeah. That's, what, it, that's what Golden 1 was last problem. night for Herbert Jones. It was Flavortown. <laughs> It was Flavortown. Flavortown, USA. Flavortown, USA. 
Got to get to a break. When we get back, Chris Biederman from the Candlestick Chronicles in the Sacramento Bee, we will talk to him about the Kings and Niners. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.